This is exactly right. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. And welcome to my favorite murder, um, the true crime comedy podcast for all of your true crime and comedy needs. Yep. The one your mom told you about. The one your sister keeps forcing you to listen to. And you're like, girl, we're never going to like get over that thing that happened in 10th grade. Yeah. So you can't, you can't use this as a hold on a second. It's working. I love you again. Oh my God. We have so much to talk about and it's bad <laughs> stuff and it ha- doesn't have anything to do with us. We'll never have to talk about that. Oh, Good. Really? It's just, we're creating with this podcast, a series of icebreakers for Thanksgiving totally. and say your upcoming Easter discomforts that are heading, not you personally, no, Georgia, it's me. but it's me too. Sorry, I've asked you this question. <laughs> Questions like this so many you times. You love to question my Judaism. It's just, is there the Easter equivalent, which I know is not, the story-wise, not the equivalent, but is there a spring celebration in Judaism? Passover. That's, pa- really? Yeah, because you know there's like an egg on the Seder plate? Yes. Those, you motherfuckers stole it. That's why the eggs are the thing. You guys were first. We're first! You had all the good ideas! Luckily, I mean, sadly, I'll be gone for my family's Passover. <laughs> Dinner. What's the plan? Is it at a house, private home? It's at my mom's teeny tiny apartment that Mm -hmm. we all cram into. Fun. It's fun. And then, yeah. And then that Manischewitz starts getting poured. Everybody, the truth starts getting spoken. Yeah. I got a scar. Last time I got a scar on my hand from walking into a wall. It just gets... It gets fun. It really were you, does. Were you walking like the Bride of Frankenstein? No, kind of hands out, making a hilarious joke with, and I talk with my hands, and I turned and didn't see the stucco wall coming at me. <laughs> <laughs> and now I have a fucking legit scar right there. Uh, you should sue your mother. <laughs> Because there goes your fucking hand modeling career, Georgia. Stucco. It was supposed to be your safety net when all this fucking falls apart. And my toe fucking gets screwed up and my foot modeling career is over. Goodbye, internet foot fetish website you used to be the star of. Wiki feet. Thank you. (laughs) I own stock in it. It's not true. But it is a great dream to have. It is. Um, Shoot for your dreams, everyone. My Aunt Carol was mad uh, that I wasn't going up for Easter. And my dad's like, what for? <laughs> <laughs> the traffic? Are you going about the traffic? I know. Just for like uh, those big Catholic holidays don't really bring the family together the way they used to. Mm, which was not by force. Force? Yes, exactly. exactly. Now it's all... 
now it's more casual of going up because Nora has her ice dancing competition. Yes. And then we all actually have a great time. Yeah. Instead of being fun. forced to fucking eat eggs or whatever the hell you do. Yes. It's, uh, we have to eat eggs. It's a, it's basically Easter is a Christian egg eating contest. <laughs> and I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Those poor chickens. <laughs> it's like Cool Hand Luke, but on Easter. You just gulp them down. <sighs> just keep eating them. Swallow Prove your egg. to the Lord that you love him through egg consumption. Karen, swallow your eggs. I'm trying, mommy. <laughs> uh, we were talking about, though, Easter... Between our family and the hospitals, which are our closest mm-hmm. non-relative relatives, because they were our neighbors for years. And the, we used to always do Easter at one of our houses. And I've, I'm sure I've told the story before, but my Uncle Steve, because I was the youngest, th- he taught me how to pay attention to uh, nonverbal cues. Mm. Because when I was two years old, we were all doing the Easter egg hunt in the backyard. And of course, all my older cousins are running around mm-hmm. and finding all of them. And I'm like two kind of stumbling around. And then I realized my Uncle Steve is walking ahead of me and he keeps intentionally walking ahead of me. And finally, I look up and he, I just notice that he's doing this with his <gasps> cigarette hand. So he's always smoking, always had a cigarette between his first two fingers. Fucking and he cool was just style. exactly. He's a total. He was a total like Clint Eastwood, Paul Newman type. And he strong and silent. He was pointing at where all the eggs were. He was showing me where they were. So two-year-old Karen was like verbal clues. Yes. Got it. I looked up nonverbal clues because I looked up and I was like, (laughs) why does, what, what's he doing with his cigarette? And I put like all of a sudden beautiful mind style. I put it all together. He's pointing at where the eggs are. He's helping me cheat. And then I was like, of course. And then it turned out he never existed. (laughs) He was the Easter bunny. Or the cigarette all along. The Easter Bunny has a big mustache, and he smokes. <laughs> um, can I tell you that we have the thing at Passover called uh, Hide the Afi Coleman, <laughs> which is that you hide a piece of matzah somewhere, and the kids have to go find it, and you get money. If you, it's like it's I thought like, Afi Coleman was a CNN contributor. <laughs> I really, up until this moment, did I even say it right? Okay, yeah, you did. No, so it's like they're how much money do you get? They're related. It depends on your family. <laughs> <laughs> that would make sense, you know. It always depends on your family. Rich kids are always $20. Yeah. When the kids are like, you get eight presents for Hanukkah. It's like, well, it depends on your family, fucker. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) That makes sense. I called my friends fucker (laughs) as a kid. As a two-year-old, I too was verbally, I used verbal cues. Yeah. The verbal cue of fuck you, fucker. fuck yourself. (laughs) Never ask me about Hanukkah again. (laughs) When will you learn, Karen? But Passover, and I know I've told you this, the, our friend, the Greenbergs, but invited us over, Marsha Greenberg and her husband, who is a doctor. A doctor? A doctor. And they lived in Marin and they invited us over for Passover. And we went. It was a spread to beat the band. Good fucking food. In their beautiful home. Of course, I got to read because I was the youngest (gasps) at the table, right? so much fun. Yeah, I was always the youngest. Yeah. So I was like, this is the religion for me. That's why I've always had Judaism has been so close to my heart because I'm like, these are my people. They get what I bring to the table. Why is this religion different than all other religions? (laughs) (laughs) What's different about this? Karen's like, I don't care. I just want to join. Mom, I want to switch. But that's when my mom explained to me, I guess now that I look at it, she was just like, no, not everybody has that spread yeah yeah like to me that was the set like almost like a thanksgiving dinner that's what you got for passover and she was like no 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 they're rich like that was like <laughs> they they shipped in fresh fruit from what? you know whatever all the things that we got yeah were the there was rich a caterer for- yeah exactly a- yeah because i was like this is the religion yeah. yes well 
You still eat pretty good when you're poor, too. Yeah. At, at, uh, fucking, what are they called? Holidays. Yeah, you guys got to cover. We love it. We're more about suffering <laughs> and <laughs> paying that. penance. Live it up while you can. Live it, love it, pass it over. Learn to levitate. Let's move on from our religious. This is a religious podcast. You want to? I'd rather talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's do corners. Mm-hmm. So everything is new. It's all new. We have a new fucking office that actually has like sound paneling in it. Yeah, this might sound much different to you than it normally does. And that's because our acoustic panels have gone up and the recording studio is one step closer to being finished. That's right. This is our office, Karen. We're business women. I know. How cool is that? It's the greatest. There's a drawer over there that someone put together for us. We've got a mug of pens just fucking (laughs) sitting there. We can use any one of the pens we want. Any and all. We could take one home. We could put the whole fucking jar in our in our purse. And then someone will put new pants out. Leave. When we're paying for them though. That's the problem. Oh that that's yeah, the back end. So another new thing is that we got the our website and our fan cult totally re fucking refreshed. It got Botox. It got Juvederm. It got fillers. It got fucking it got the Beverly Hills Express. That's right. Basically, we we heard you. We knew the interaction wasn't great. We knew. So we've been working on this kind of behind the scenes this whole time, and we finally got to debut it. If you hadn't had a chance, please go over to www.myfavoritemurder.com <laughs> and take a look at the brand new website and consider joining the brand new fan cult. That's right. There's It's so much different now. There's a new logo that's on new merch. Um, we're going to maybe do a fan cult store with fan cult only merch. There's the forums are amazing now. They're not fucking shitty in all caps anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we heard we definitely heard your feedback on that. one. We felt the same way. Can I just say like, that's been on my mind, like the the fan cult and website looking bad has been weighing on my mind for as long as it's been bad. Well, of course, it's the way it's how there's this audience, this this listenership so wants to be in communication with each other and with us and the idea that we weren't able to facilitate that correctly for so long has been driving us insane yeah it's very uh frustrating so huge stress i'm really but i'm really proud of the new site and the new fan cult we have it's a new company and we basically wrapped our arms around all of the issues and uh it's really exciting to us the videos look better unboxing videos there's like exclusive content ticket contests our book tour very short but we're going on a three city book tour that's right to promote it it's called say sexy don't get murdered you may have heard of that title yeah it's from this show yeah so. have you listened to your sister do you, even, do you even care we're proud of it this it feels like feels like home and also it feels like we're finally delivering this baby that we've been pregnant with for like two years yeah enough with this already Stop we're not it. we're not elephants <laughs> How long are they pregnant for? Uh, two years. Steven, test me. Holy shit. Steven thinks it is two years, but I, I believe that it's a really goddamn long time. I, I guess bad. humans, nine months. Ten months, technically. Why? Because they 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 judge it from your the end of your last period. So you could have been pregnant or something like that. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know for, what I mean? For it's, that whole time. It's actually technically like ten months. Ew. I know, right? Even grosser. <laughs> 95 weeks. What? Whoa. Come on. Well, a year is 52 weeks. Okay, great. Good. I knew knew that. Yeah, human pregnancy is 40 weeks. An elephant is 95 weeks. Basically double. Basically double. (laughs) Yeah, two years. Basically almost 22 months. Yeah. 
that. Uh, uh, a little less than. Hey, speaking of elephant, elephants giving birth, tomorrow is Stephen's <laughs> birthday. I don't know. That's not. That sounded shittier than I oh, meant. Yes. I would restate. I did not mean your parents are elephants. Yeah. <clears throat> I just meant. Speaking of birthdays. Birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, what tomorrow? So what day would it be? The day yesterday, this comes out. The day this comes out was yesterday was yes. Stephen's birthday. Yes, April right? 17th. Yeah. Oh, today's Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. we're so a day, we're day us, ahead this week. Yeah. Christ. For us, tomorrow is Stephen's birthday. But for you, yesterday, yesterday was Stephen's birthday. So please get those online birthday wishes to him. Please. You know he lives for it. Send him gifts, and, uh, cats, and, and, and birthday gifts. <laughs> please don't send me cats. That send would be a lot cats? to take care of. Yes. Yeah, oh, I met a cat over the weekend. Uh, what kind? Oh, my God. She was this little Siamese with a broken tail. And maybe she was incontinent from it. But she was so cute. I wanted <laughs> to cry. What part? Uh, was cute about the incontinence. She was just cute. Okay. Santa de Or, our local fucking, our local cat rescue. Are you about to go over the three cat limit? Hear me out. Okay. Four cats. <laughs> Hear me all, out. That's, one over the limit. That's my argument. <laughs> what if four is the limit? Doesn't four make much more sense than three? Right? Yeah. Two and two. Yes. That's... That's counting. Look. It's basic fucking counting. I, don't make me count for you. <laughs> I don't want to have to add your cats. I While I was driving to Petaluma this weekend, I was actively looking for stray dogs on the side of the five. <gasps> right? Because one time, honestly, 16 years ago, as I was driving up the five, I saw two dogs running on the side of the road. Oh, my God. And I didn't stop for them. And it has haunted me ever since. And But it was near I could see that we were near somewhere I think it was near yeah. Bakersfield so they could have been lost but they probably were dumped either so way oh. ever since then I'm like if I spot one I'm taking Dude. it and that's you know God's way of giving me a new dog I saw a fucking dog in my neighborhood off leash and I was like my new dog like I <laughs> slammed on my brakes and was like yay and the guy the guy just walked by yeah I was like I was about to steal your fucking dog yeah that's all I want I know I me mean too. I'll hide a puppy in the bushes and you hide a kitten in the bushes and we'll find each other yeah. yes that's nice gift giving right for your friends that that you can't get anything for yeah. how about you plant a stray animal of their choice yes. into a bush you know they pass right the same time every day yeah what are they doing hanging around that bush it's really weird they should you should save it is it your friend with the raincoat <laughs> that's always got their hands in the pockets why does michelle like bushes so much <laughs> it's really weird have you ever noticed like she, she can tell you what every kind of bush is when you pass it's it it's so weird i mean some people call it a green thumb I think she's a pervert. <laughs> she's a bush pervert. She's a, bush, she's a bushman. Um, so, yeah, definitely join the fan cult. <laughs> what are we talking about? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, do you have any uh, any corners to correct? Um, there was just a little bit of a corner that Stephen printed up because... So, this woman named Donna is from the Bay Area, and she is a big fan of hippos. She's a hippo head. She's a... <laughs> And always has been since the 80s, early 80s, she says. Uh, Worked at the Oakland Zoo. She remembers mugs. From from our hometown. The hometown where their mugs basically half swallowed a child and then (laughs) got punched in the nose for it and everything worked out okay. Um, But basically she was there to say she was there when mugs lived at the Oakland Zoo. Oh my God. And she still has mugs that said save baby mugs (gasps) 
coffee mugs that said save baby mugs and on so them. she's sending them to us um one of them just I, one just one donna you know your roommate's gonna break one anyways you might as well just send it to us first uh yeah exactly because we need them <laughs> basically just donna's here to say it. she's she's it wasn't a, a it wasn't a fucking fever dream of your no. childhood she was there she knows mugs she's got the mug to prove that mugs the hippo is real and also um i think does she run hippos.com is no, that I think, her thing? I think it was posted on there. Oh, she posted it on hippos.com. Oh, my God. Which what I have to What about hippofeet.com? Is it, that Because <laughs> I'm up for that next. It's the ballerina hippo yeah. feet with the, with the toes painted pink. Yeah. Um... What I liked is just there's really good hippo clip art oh, that, great. that was featured oh my throughout. God. Who knew? Um, you know. That's so adorable. When you have a free chance, go on over to hippos.com and to spend a little time. Um, and it's just good to know for that person that got swallowed. Oh, wait. I want to show you. This was the this was the one I was looking for. <laughs> Join us on Facebook. <laughs> oh, the International Hippo Society is having a reunion in Albuquerque. Oh, sorry. That was last year. Um, look at that clip art. <laughs> Don't break my heart. I want to go <laughs> to that fucking, what is it, a 5K where hippos <laughs> chase you and you're just running super fast? I am in. It's a 5K, but you just keep getting dipped into a baby hippo's mouth and, <laughs> and then running to get out of it. What about that drunk hippo clip art right oh, there? Oh, that's a shit-faced hippo. Yeah, I love that idea. Uh, he's thumbs-upping everyone. All right, so... Anyway, so join the fan cult. <laughs> join that fan cult. God, things are new over there. And the hippo we content. Bought hippo dot, hippos.com. <laughs> and we folded them into the new website. That's right. We are hippos.com. We are hippo. We're ballerinas now. <laughs> and we're also hippa.com, which is all about the rules and regulations of doctors. That's right. We're just taking over websites. <laughs> we are. Watch out, Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bezos. What's that? How do you say his name? Uh, yeah, I believe. The newly single Jeff Bezos. Those? Oh, you're, yeah. Hey, pay your taxes, buddy. <laughs> mm, mm. Um, getting political. Yeah, that's that's what we're like. Politics, fucking hippos, and then matzah. It's just happening. Get with it. God, I wish you could have seen all the gestures we were doing. Oh Georgia started them. I was m- kind of mimicking her. Over here, over there. It was like semaphore. If you've been to a live show, you've seen it. <laughs> you've seen the great gesturing that goes on. When you're listening to a live show, um, people just start laughing for no reason. You're like, why are they laughing? It's because we're weirdly touching each other. Yes. In like a weird, pinchy, awkward way. Yes. We're reaching out for support, physical support yeah. for each other. Or sometimes I'll just turn and do a take to the audience. Like a uh, Carol Burnett style, where I'll just do a big what kind of thing. Yeah. And then the- she's a big, Karen's a big facial actress. Yeah. I like to Wait, be. That sounds gross. A facial actress is uh, not the porn style, <laughs> which God bless. I mean, yeah. Let's call it more of an eyebrow actress. Mm. Wouldn't you say that? Abs- I would always say that. I say it all the time. Have you ever logged on to Wiki Eyebrow? Ew. <laughs> it's so gross. That reminds me of. There's an Instagram called Girly Mags. It's like girly.mags. And they just will post stuff from the 90s. Like, they'll do like an eyebrow slideshow of like <laughs> what our eyebrows look like. Famous people's eyebrows in the 90s. And yes. it is just, I don't they know. They were what, razor thin. Kids must think we were fucking crazy back then. We were. We were on diet pills. Everyone was on either diet pills or it was this thing of like the style was... um 
you try to do a throwback thing if you can't, if you have enough taste oh, yeah. on your own, but there was no internet to guide you. Right. So it was pretty 40s of us. Yes. It was very 40s. I mean, I had full on Clara Bow eyebrows yeah. for a long time, but I st- in high school, they were full on Brooke Shields, late 70s Brooke Shields. What we're trying to say is trends come and go, be yourself. But don't get anything tattooed onto your face. Hide your razor when you're drunk. I mean, your fucking tweezers, tweezers and, and your razor. razor. <laughs> Hide everything. Hide sharp blades to cut your bangs with when yes. you're drunk. Don't. Yeah. Don't make any hair, head, face, hair decisions when you're drunk. You're always wrong. Yeah. And don't do what I used to do, which is get drunk and then berate my roommates into cutting my hair for me. I'll do it. Would you? <laughs> I do it. I do it. I'm the friend who'll fucking won't say no. I don't know. I'll be like, yes. I have scissors, and I'll come do it. Let's do it. Because it was always like, all I'm asking for is an A-line bob, except for I have 17 layers of hair. (laughs) It it doesn't look like it on the surface. I get halfway through and be like, I don't want to do this anymore. That's literally what would happen. I can't tell you how many times Dave Messermore was like, I can't finish that. It's too much hair. And then I'd be like, it's fine. Tomorrow goes supercut. Well, we're staying together. This weekend in Nashville at yes. an Airbnb because mm-hmm. there was a hotel issue. So we're staying at an Airbnb, you, me, and Vince. There's a jacuzzi. <gasps> I'm sure Vince is going to go straight to the grocery store and get me canned wine. Nice. I'm going to cut your fucking hair. <laughs> <laughs> What's that experience going to be like when I'm sober? You're gonna be sober. <laughs> How about I just spin you around 30 times and then I'm like, can I cut your hair? I mean... <laughs> You could also dose me. There's a lot of ways this weekend can go. Listen, Grand Old Opry, just get look. ready for Karen's new fucking look. <laughs> new look. It's going to be... It's going to be way less hair. It's going to be next level, literally, because I've shaved it with the next level clippers. That was... It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like you changed the clipper yeah, setting? Yeah, level to next level? <laughs> it's good, huh? Got it. I got it there now. There was an easier way to go. It was a thinker, but... I. I feel like it means you respect me because you made such a high-end joke. Thank you. You're welcome. Georgia, is there anything scarier than trying to log into an account and it tells you that your password is incorrect? And then you try again and it's the same thing. And after a few more failed attempts, big red letters appear saying you've been locked out and your account is suspended. That happens to me all the time, Karen. But... Scary password stories can have happy endings if you give 1Password a try. 1Password is a user-friendly password management system. It's trusted by consumers, families, small businesses, and large-scale enterprises. If you're tired of being the family member everyone texts for a streaming login or the unofficial keeper of all those shared work credentials, it's time for you to pass the torch to 1Password. They allow for secure login sharing. With 1Password, you can securely store more than just passwords, autofill everything from usernames to payment details and personal info. They'll also notify you about potential data breaches. 1Password saves everyone time. And in many cases, that save time equals money saved. The accounting department will thank you. Don't just listen to us. I mean, you should, but don't just do that. The Associated Press uses 1Password to secure their sensitive information in high-risk areas. Right now, our listeners can get a two-week free trial at onepasswordcom MFM. That's two free weeks at one, as in the number one, password.com mfm onepasswordcom mfm Goodbye. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Is there more business? Da 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 da. Boo 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 beep boo. Beep boo pop. I think we're ready. I think you go first. Yep, Karen goes first. <gasps> Amazing. I think that's perfect. Because oh my gosh, the story I'm going to do, and I should actually say stories, hmm. is the Power Ranger murder. <gasps> do you remember? No, I was a little too old and into math at the time. See, same here. <laughs> I am old enough so that when all of the Power Ranger things were happening to yeah. the children, it was ninety three to, I mean, ninety three to. Fucking now, basically. Peak, 93 was my peak meth years. Okay, well, so that's I when this started. Yeah, I was gone already. Same here. I moved to LA in 94, uh-huh. and I was on those diet pills in, I think, 95. So I wouldn't have paid attention to the beginning of the Mighty Morphin you Power Rangers at all. Too old to begin with. Too old in every respect, except for to see little kids kicking and punching yeah. each other much more than they normally did before. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But that's fine with me. Yeah. I love it. I love violence. But, um, always have. But uh, That's what this podcast is not about. <laughs> loving violence. Um, but... Yeah, so I was in the age where wasn't paying attention, you know, would wouldn't be into it anyway. So I truly have no idea what the show, aside from the research that's been done, no idea mm. contextually about this show, what it's about. And it's really funny when you write up a show like this, that's like basically a kid's a kid's show that's completely a made up universe. And it's of and it's of course based on uh believe a Japanese, originally Japanese right. um show. So Everything about it is just, I don't even know what anyone's talking about. And it does. <laughs> Sounds like a dream. It does. And when you r- look it up and read it like off Wikipedia, yeah. it doesn't help. Yeah. It's like, how did this pitch make it to a TV show? Right. And they didn't have to because they were like, it, kids already love it yeah. on the other side of the world. We know they, it always translates over here. Let's More do Hollywood. this. Hollywood. Everyone's on diet pills. Let's make this show. They won't know the difference. Yeah. They, it won't seem weird because everyone's high. Let's do this thing. It's the nineties. There's no, websites goodbye (laughs) right there's nothing to base it on there's no internet they have to go with this yeah so we'll start in the early life of a guy named ricardo medina jr he was born on january 24th 1979 in kern county california uh, but you know the kern river your favorite place to go on vacation okay great his family moved to downey um, Another place I love to vacay. It's so beautiful there. Downey, California, famously known for the Carpenters. Uh, Karen Carpenter and her brother Richard were raised in Downey. Okay. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> and then of course, this guy. Um, <laughs> so he grows up there with his hardworking middle class family. He's big into sports in middle school and through high school. He was a wrestler. He played football. He was in street hockey and he did martial arts. Um, he also, as a kid, took up singing and acting um, because he wanted to, according to his IMDb profile, quote, use the attention to make a difference and be a positive role model, um, which I think is what most kids. It's like if you live within 250 miles of Los Angeles, yeah. you wanted to be on television. Right. Probably. Right. Or a movie star. Right. As any kid, I mean, even if yeah. you didn't, but especially if you lived in Southern California, it seemed like the opportunity would, was there. For it you. totally does. It's like, it's actually an option. You can, you're right by LA. Other famous people get 
were places where you, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, you can see the pattern. You can see the path where back then that's kind of what it took was nearbyness. What's the word for that? (laughs) Nearbyness. Proximity. Thank you. (laughs) How did I do that? Oh, that was good. Yeah. We Um, are on, we are fucking brains are synced. We're doing it. And our periods are. We should do a podcast (laughs) together. Um, so yeah, before the internet and before American Idol and all these things where it was like, it, we want just anybody to come and show how everyone's talented. Listen, can we not make Star Search? Can we not be little Star Search right now? <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. The original, the OG you talent show. Fucking do you remember Star Search? Do I? With we were three out of it. four stars. No, Ugh. but I mean like we loved that I was loved the best show. So, I wanted to be a spokesmodel when I grew up because my uh, I had low self-esteem and thought I was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all I could that's all I really thought I could do. Like I'm going right there. Yeah. I wanted to be remember in the early uh, versions of it when they had the acting thing and they people had to come in and do scenes. Yeah. It was so uncomfortable. They'd be like cut over to a set and it'd be like a written scene that oh two actors had God. to act out. Oh God, I loved that show so much. Rosie O'Donnell. The comedy, stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. Children was on there. Children rapping. So many children rapping. Children rapping, people laughing. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> smile after smile from Ed McMahon. Three out of four stars. There's tons of people. Three and three quarter stars. <laughs> three and three quarter stars. That was a thing. My friend Karen Anderson has a really good story about being on there, but cut this because I can't remember what it is. <laughs> it was Don't cut that. Okay, go something on. Something about her, how many stars she got. Anyway. Wait, she was on it? Yeah, a I bunch didn't... of comics from back in the day oh, like right. went and auditioned for it. Because people were actually like Rosie O'Donnell was on it and like it got her somewhere, Dude. you know. Okay, so what are we talking about? We're talking about oh showbiz. Um, so um, he pursues acting through his teen years, and in 2002, when he's 23, he lands his first major role in um, the Power Rangers series, and it was actually season 10. Power Rangers Wild Force. Oh, so it was already like an established thing. It was way established. So it's like a big gig, probably. It's a huge gig. He gets the leading role of Cole Evans, the Red Lion Wild Force Ranger, who oh, sure. heads the Power Rangers team. Me too. Right? You're f- well, probably your favorite character <laughs> of, of the season. I mean, the only one to me. <laughs> okay, so now I'm going to go into talking about the uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Please do. Um, in a way that could not be more ignorant or Wikipedia based. <laughs> so go with me and enjoy this as I'm sure that young children of today listening, because they know that this is like, this would be like if some somebody was describing Scooby-Doo to me. Yeah. Where I just don't understand any. So here, I'll okay. tell you the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers plot line. Okay. Season one, which started in... um uh, 1993, mm-hmm. in August of 1993, and appara- apparently it says that this show essentially launched the TV network Fox Kids. That's oh, right. where it started. Okay. Okay. So the, the plot is astronauts on an exploratory mission open up an extraterrestrial canister hmm. and they release several monsters led by an evil alien sorceress named Rita Repulsa. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good name. Steven, tell, stop me if any of this oh, is yeah, wrong. Oh, yeah, Steven, this is your fucking jam, this probably. Is, it's Steven. For, for my seventh birthday, I Uh-oh. got the original <laughs> yes. Mighty Morphin Power Ranger Megazord, and I showed Karen for Halloween. <laughs> oh, my God. I dressed up as the Black Ranger. Oh, my God. Post your photo of you in your little Power Rangers outfit from your birthday and the 100%. Instagram. It's amazing. <laughs> and you guys tag us if you have any young Power 
Power Rangers outfit photos yes. posted on Instagram. Hold on a second. Well, let me explain yeah, what yeah. the Zords are first. Yeah, okay. Of course. Mm. Oh my God, we have an expert in the room. But that's perfect because, first of all, birthday memories yeah. for Steven's birthday. Yesterday. Um, yesterday. But also then we have someone here that can actually... Um, you're going to now be the go-to when there's actually questions. Because I, all of this is like I'm reading a translated yeah. thing. Okay. <laughs> okay, so Rita Repulsa. Now free, Rita and her monsters plan to take over Earth. The wise sage Zordon from planet Eltar summons mm-hmm. five teenagers to his planet. And he gives them each the ability to perform, to transform into the Power Rangers. This gives them special powers that will help them fight off Rita and her goons. Each Power Ranger has a Zord, which is basically a dinosaur. Uh-oh. Oh, it's all, it's all f- Overlapping. It was, it was like the perfect thing. It was yeah. Jurassic Park and Power Rangers were my two favorite things as a kid. Now, Power Rangers was before Jurassic Park, right? Yeah, they started like around the same time. Okay. Um, and yeah, this story takes place after after my, but this origin story is is was my Power Rangers. Okay. Yeah. Can you just describe what a Zord looks sure. like? Um, the, sure. The original Zords, <laughs> there was uh, a T-Rex, there was a saber-toothed cat, there was a Triceratops, there was a Pteranodon. <laughs> Listen to his uh, voice. And then there was a... <laughs> a uh, mammoth. So they were like trans, the transformer. Yeah, they were basically robots, and then all the the main kids like controlled it, and it would, they became one giant robot that like fought guys and like almost like Godzilla suit type monsters and stuff. So it's like oh. Paw Patrol, but they turned into fucking. No idea what that okay. is. Okay, like I have a young nephew, and that's why I know what that is. Oh, oh, it's today. It's today. Oh. Okay, okay, okay. I think I get it. I don't at all because it's basically you're you're saying dinosaurs turned into robots. They were robot dinosaurs. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were never, they never had scales. No, no. Got yeah. it. So each Power Ranger has a Zord, and then they're assigned to them. They can invoke when they want to power up, and then all the Zords can join together to form, of course, a Megazord. Oh, sure. And what, the Megazord fights other? Other, like, monsters that Rita Repulsa would, like, summon, and they would, like, destroy Angel Grove, which was the city. Uh, <laughs> I hate I'm feeling so nerdy right now. <laughs> yeah. Please. Um, we love it. It's great. Now, let me ask a question. This is your birthday present, by the way. Uh, Wasn't we, there some, <laughs> the fact that we're letting you talk about yes. it? <laughs> we, we didn't get you anything else. This is our chance of being like, we're now we're the older sisters. You know, when the Power Rangers would like strike those poses? Yeah, yeah. Did that have something to do with calling the Zords up or getting it all together? Yeah, they basically would like summon, it would like summon the robots to come out, like the, to like come from wherever they were. And it was like, then they would be like in their, um, you know, just kids. And then they would like, the costume would like come over them and they would. It was like know, a, it was like a telephone up. booth for Superman. Yeah, exactly. But they, but they were just, was it a gesture? Did they yell something? It's morphin time. <laughs> oh <laughs> my God. Uh, and now did anyone ever mistake that for it's muffin time and serve them <laughs> banana chocolate chip muffins well, accidentally? The, the kids, they got to eat healthy. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's morphin time. Wow. Okay. So that's. The baseline. Did you know any of that? No. Great. I didn't either. I'll just skip to Power Rangers Wild Force, which was the season that he was on. This is now season 10. There were 26 seasons altogether. Holy shit. Each year had 60 episodes. Oh, my God. And it just went from 93 on till 2019. It's still going. Are you serious? I swear to God. It's just on a different channel now, I believe. But, like, they've never stopped. They just keep 
so it was the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers for the first couple seasons, and then it changed. And like, for example, so it's Mighty Morphin Power Rangers season one, season two, season three, season three point five Mighty Morphin Alien Rangers. What? Uh, season four is Power Rangers Zeo. Um, that which has to do with the Zeo crystal being resort, oh, restored. Sure. Um, resort. Resort. This is not to you about Power Rangers. <laughs> season five is Power Rangers Turbo. Season six is Power Rangers in Space. <laughs> Seven <laughs> is where were they if they weren't in space before? They were on fake Earth. Fa- right? Was it fake yeah. Earth? Well, it was, yeah, I think like Angel Grove was just a fake, it was supposed to be, I guess, Burbank or, you know, or whatever. <laughs> Okay. Lot on Burbank. Yeah, they're just like a Grip's daughter that can also change into a yeah. dinosaur robot or whatever the fuck. Season seven is Power Rangers Lost Galaxy. Uh, er, so every after that, it just kept on changing. Season 10 was Cole Evans, who was Medina's character. He's a boy living with a tribe in a jungle outside the fictitious town of Turtle Cover. Any Does that ring a bell? Uh, Steven was out by season 10, <laughs> trying to find his, quote, destiny. And then one day he stumbles upon the Animarium, a floating island where wild zords roam free. Mm. And there he meets his new mentor, Princess Shyla, or Shayla, um, essentially filling the role of Zordon from the original series. <laughs> I don't remember that person. Me. Shayla gives him and four other rangers their metamorphosis powers, and the new Power Ranger team must use their new abilities to defeat the evil orgs, um, a team of monsters headed by the master org. Describe my face right now. <laughs> Georgia is bored and angry. Um, <laughs> no, that's the boat. The angry is the Botox. <laughs> He's so basically... Ricardo Medina Jr. is on season 10 of the Power Rangers for that season. Only that season. And that's it. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Uh, especially because the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers are on the list of highest grossing media f- um, franchises. Mm. They, uh, in their 26 seasons, and then the additional movies, um, merch, everything. Yeah, I bet. Sixteen billion in retail sales, Holy. thirteen billion in merch, uh, tw- two hundred eighteen million in box office. Oh my goodness! Um, so it's quite it's quite the franchise. Yeah, but I bet the actors made little to none of that. Probably, and especially because it sounds like they probably just first of all they all had masks on when when right. they were the Rangers, right? So they well, didn't need to. Well, so the 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 actual show was that they ju- the fight scenes were actually footage from a, the original Japanese. show. Show. Yes. So all they did was just take the scenes with like the cool teens in the '90s. That was all original here, and then they just reused all the fight okay, scenes so to sh- save money. That's, that's so genius. That's so genius. Right? So they showed their their actual faces. Yes. Like and if you were as an actor the on it, you were t- you were an actor. Yeah, on but it. then okay. once the fights and they were in the outfits and the Zords, all that was just Great. footage from Japan. Fuck and it was shit. a lot of that right posing and yes. kind of like a lot of cheerleader arms. Yes. I think um, it's called kung fu. <laughs> I don't think it's called cheerleader. It's not. I think Bruce Lee would have an issue with you calling it cheerleader. I feel like everything is centered and based in cheerleading. And then from there, it's Kung Fu got the idea from cheerleading. Dragon Ball Z originated in cheerleading. It's just cheerleading. Okay. So after Wild Force ends, Ricardo, he's on CSI. In a, in a one-off role, he gets a part in ER. In 2005, he gets a spot as a contestant on the VH1 reality show, Kept. Hmm. Do you remember this one? Absolutely not. 
Jerry Hall, former model, oh. used to be married to Mick Jagger. Yes. She tries uh, to turn American boys into refined British gentlemen. No. That was a reality show on VH1. They were just giving them away at that point, youngins. Yes. Seriously. I mean, they were they were just like, people want to watch this stuff, make up two, take two disparate things, two yeah. things that are the opposite, put them on a show, call VH1, we're all set. Um, so he got eliminated in the fifth round which mm. isn't terrible no. um but then uh six years later his luck turns around because he goes back to his power ranger roots and he gets the part of the villain decker in seasons 18 and 19 of power rangers samurai and power rangers super samurai mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. that all ends in 2012 okay so in 2011, a 32-year-old... So now we're... Kind of, like, that's basically the background yeah. on uh, Ricardo Medina Jr. In 2011, a 32-year-old man named Josh Sutter moves to L.A. to help his sister Rachel open a business that places rescue dogs with new homes, and it's called Lucky Puppy. So they rent a house in Green Valley, which is just uh, west of Palmdale, and they... Um, Josh lives in the house, and they keep the dogs, the, the rescued dogs... They keep, uh, they board them and care for them in this house. Mm-hmm. And the eventual goal is to turn this property into a dog paradise where all the dogs that aren't placed in homes can live a happy, healthy life. That's amazing. Yeah. So they're basically, they're, they're selling rescue dogs to people and then taking the money and putting it back into trying to develop this, like a farm where dogs can live. Yeah. Which who wouldn't want to live That's there? That's like the, if you can retire and do anything, mine has cats instead of dogs, but whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's just what you like. While he's working there, Josh. Josh meets a co-worker named Sandra Vasquez. They fall in love with each other. So Sandra says she fell in love with Josh's warm heart and even killed nature. In late 2014, Rachel and Josh hire Ricardo Medina. to. So this is basically two years after all of his TV stuff has dried up. Mm. And he gets a job there um, helping for, helping uh, care for the dogs. And then they also let him live in the house with Josh. Um, Ouch, that's got to hurt after you're, you know, you're trying to be an actor for fucking years and years. Yes. And you're on, um, you're on a show that is ostensibly a humongous hit. Right. You're a successful show. Yeah. You've been a part and like, I'm sure kids recognize him. There's like, there's an element to it where he did get a touch of fame in a, in the kind of way that I, it sounds like is just enough. Yeah. To get a little bit fucked up. Yeah. Or maybe buy exactly the wrong amount of drugs. Which is what happened to me. Um, so no judgment. You mean um, right now? That's yeah, happening? It's happening now. I meant to tell you. I'm on so much crank right now. I can't believe it. So they hire Ricardo. He starts working there. He moves into the house. Everything at first is great. But then Josh and Ricardo start arguing a lot. And everything starts to deteriorate. And at one point... Uh, Ricardo threatens to release all of the dogs into the wild. No, don't do that. That's not cool at all. So on the night of January 31st, 2015, Ricardo has his girlfriend over to the house. Um, and according to him, Josh had told him he didn't want him bringing his girlfriend to the house, but he ignored him and invited her over anyway. This is how bad it is. And like, it would be very interesting to know the the real details behind this, but we always probably never will in any meaningful way. But essentially, Josh comes home and Ricardo's girlfriend's parked in their driveway. Uh, Her her car, obviously. Josh comes home. Ricardo's girlfriend's car is parked in the driveway. 
is like blocking things or something. Dude, I fucking dealt with that shit. Right? Where you're like, you don't even want her there. And then it's like, and then she's just gumming up the works and you come in, <sighs> come in hot. It's, there's nothing yeah. worse than not liking your roommate. Absolutely. It's a nightmare. Yeah. So, um, and this is only two months after he started working and living there. Ouch. Two months. So it wasn't good from the get go. Yeah. And clearly building. Josh comes in pissed. He confronts Ricardo in the kitchen. They get into a screaming match. Um, and it escalates into a physical fight. So this is now mm. all according mm-hmm. to Ricardo. He says that Josh's violent outburst scared him badly enough that he and his girlfriend ran and hid in Ricardo's bedroom. Josh, however, says this fight isn't over and goes and kicks down the bedroom door and charges Ricardo. And R- Ricardo just grabs what's ever closest, which is a Conan the Barbarian style sword. Oh, my God. Oh, like a blade yes like a big thick heavy sword holy that he constantly held over his head for no reason (laughs) what Um, a fucking coincidence that it's the closest thing to you yeah and not like your garfield fucking penny jar or whatever (laughs) what do they call it uh oh like a piggy bank piggy bank (laughs) i thought you meant did you see that story about the garfield phones washing up on the it's my favorite thing i was just talking about it over the weekend so good even though it's garbage look it up um yeah look up those haunting and it's like in france or somewhere where yeah. i'm sure they're just like what is this cat i don't understand <laughs> uh okay so essentially he he claims that in self-defense he stabbed josh in the abdomen mm. with his conan the barbarian style sword mm. 10 times 10 times no nope, that's times. not that's not how you defend yourself no but then he calls 911 and stays at the scene. So when the authorities arrive, Josh is taken to the hospital. He's pronounced dead on arrival. Oh my God. Of course. He's yeah. been stabbed 10 times with the Conan, the barbarian style. I mean, him staying there and calling 911 tells a difference, like, is like, oh, well, that's not yes, murderous. Yes. Like, we have to hear what's happened right. here. It's like suddenly it's his narrative that's yeah. kind of running the show. Um, so the police don't arrest Ricardo. They, um, hold him on a million dollars bail. They don't formally charge him with any crime because they have to go. He he's claiming self defense, yeah. and they realize they have to further conduct an investigation um, before they can charge him. Um, they don't have enough evidence to hold him, so he's released on February third, twenty fifteen. And after his release, he makes a brief public statement saying, "I want to say I'm very, very, very sorry for what occurred. I'm very happy to be out of jail, and my heart goes out to the Sutter family." family mm. thank you there's so many little i want someone who's good at dissecting shit to dissect that yeah i want to say just say it yeah you want it. to but you don't yeah i'm happy to be out of jail don't fucking it's, say that it's not about you that's unnecessary yeah. and right it's and like then, saying i'm happy i won this right, or something right it's not yeah it doesn't seem like anybody went over this statement with him before no. he presented it i mean every single line of that is has wrong yeah in it i want to say i want to say i'm very 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 sorry but that's you're not saying it it's the i'm sorry you're upset about i'm sorry you're upset too bad you're so sensitive (laughs) um (laughs) so janet and karen um 
According to Josh's autopsy, he'd been stabbed a total of 10 times, and um, he also had stab wounds on his hands, indicating he was trying to defend yeah. himself during the attack. And Josh's sister and his girlfriend do not buy Ricardo's self-defense story because they've only ever known Josh to be a calm, rational animal lover who would not hurt a fly. Right. Which, obviously, since his whole life was devoted to that... You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like that's just kind of like well, you people. Can be, I mean, I don't think it's true with this guy, but you can be nice to animals and a fucking monster still. But true. if your sister and girlfriend have say that you've never been angry or violent, like one of them at least would know if you have had an anger problem in the past. Yes, true. And usually, if you have, if you are socio or psychopath, uh, when you don't have. Um, empathy or mm -hmm. conscience animals are the first to go mm. that's the that's when you start go you don't see animals as you know living creatures with feelings right. or anything like that it's just like oh what's this so yeah. it doesn't but but you're exactly right there's I mean, lots of people you might not be that extreme and you just fucking hate people <laughs> yes true that's very true anyway <laughs> uh, his girlfriend also uh, points out that ricardo stabbed josh multiple times so that idea of self-defense is crazy that yeah. clearly and quote this is what she said quote to continually stab someone over and over again that's not a split decision a split second decision that's a killer um and minutes before the argument that led to his death josh was on the phone with his father donald discussing the best new ways to grow organic vegetables on the property so he could use them to feed the dogs and of course the father backs up rachel and sandra's characterization of josh saying there's not a mean bone yeah. in his body i feel like yeah, here's what self-defense is, for real. Plunge the knife in, leave it there. Oh, my God, freak out. Freak out, yeah. call 911, apologize, cry. Yeah. The whole thing. Yeah. Yes. Um, I mean, don't do that, everyone. Well, and, However, yeah, that's what that is. That's what that is. And clearly, if anybody, there is that, it's that frustrating thing of someone's dead and the other person killed them yeah. and is the only one there to tell the story we don't know why that door was broken down right. he can say josh broke it down or he can have um opened the door stabbed josh and then kicked the door down himself like any number or of josh could wait so was ricardo's girlfriend there too she was she was in the room with him so what did she, what's her story I, I mean there's nothing nothing quoted as of oh. her saying so i'm sure she just backed up his story yeah maybe i i would imagine yeah and I'm not saying that, like, he wasn't mad or he... Uh, who knows? Yeah, we yeah. simply don't, except for there's so much said in 10 stab wounds, as we're saying. Totally. That's just... It's overkill, insanely violent. And stabbing someone one time is so disturbing. Right. Taking the knife out and putting it back in. Sword. Conan. Sword. A Conan the Barbarian-style sword. Fuck. Heavy, huge, I'm sure inflicted insane amounts of damage. Okay. So the investigation goes on for a full year before police have enough evidence to charge Ugh. him. So on January 14th, 2016, Ricardo is arrested again on first a first degree murder charge. Um, so he's in jail, back in jail. He faces a life sentence um, uh, and his attorney strikes a plea bargain with the court. And on March 16th, 2017... Ricardo pleads guilty to voluntary manslaughter, which is, while still a mm. felony, a lesser crime that carries a far less severe punishment, a maximum sentence of six years in what? prison. No, can we, let's raise that, everyone. Uh, on March 30th, 2017, Ricardo is finally sentenced to the maximum amount of time, six years. 
And he continues to serve that sentence to this day and will be leased, released in 2023. Mm. So Ricardo Medina has an agent that described him as a trusted friend who had never exhibited a violent streak. And, and he said that he did not have a criminal history prior to the arrest. Um, and he said, quote, I've known Rick for years. He really is one of the most peaceful guys. Mm. He was thrilled and loved being a power ranger. He rescued and trained a wonderful German shepherd. And he was a client and a friend. And he said, it's still very difficult. This agent says, it's still very difficult for me to believe that this was anything but self-defense. Yeah, who knows? I mean, what if the story is true? Then it's like, well, he, you know. Yeah. He's he's fucked because he's the only one who can tell it, I, you know. I, I know. it's it, And it's really vague. And I looked back because I was thinking, so here's at this part, I was like, I thought there was drugs involved in this, or I thought there was something a little more mm-hmm. sinister involved. I didn't think it was this gray, uh, you know, this kind of like, basically, clearly to me, it seems like the cops couldn't prove anything more right. than that manslaughter charge, obviously. Sure. There just was no evidence of anything else. Yeah. Then I realized... That was because there's another Power Ranger murder. And so that's what I was, that's what I was just looking at as oh, I was, shit. because as I put in, um, Power Ranger murder drugs, a different Power Ranger <laughs> murder came up. And so this, but this is, and the reason it didn't come up first and foremost is because this is a non-speaking Power Ranger oh. murder from 2004. Okay. So I don't it know. It counts. You, it fucking counts. It counts. If you got onto that screen, the and, word power and reindeer are in it. <laughs> Mighty. Maybe morphin. Maybe they morph. Maybe they don't. Um, but this guy was essentially an extra. On the Mighty Morphin Power Fair Rangers. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, and so this is a story, and you probably know this one. I fucking don't. A man named Tom Hawks, who was 57 years old, and his wife, Jackie, who was 47. Oh, yeah. The boat? Yeah. Yes. So they're from Prescott, Arizona, and they had been um, sailing around the world on their 55-foot yacht, The Well-Deserved, which Aww. is such an amazing name for a them. yacht. Um, they had used it, they had done all this stuff with it, but then I think, uh, a family member was having a baby and they wanted to be back in Southern California to be nearby for the family. So they put an ad out selling the well-deserved, um, putting this well-deserved up for sale for $440,000. Wow. Yacht money, baby. That is yacht money. Um, let's get yachts. Um, I get, I get seasick. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to pass. I'm scared. I'm be scared a, of the open ocean. I'll be on the, at the restaurant over that overlooks the ocean <laughs> waving at you. Good, good job, Karen. I'm going to be out. Good cut to me. The yacht is sunk. It's surrounded by sharks. <laughs> Wait oh, a second. Can someone save Karen? <laughs> so, so I'll get down there. I just ordered a Mai Tai. <laughs> I would do it. And I do want to do it. <laughs> On November 15th, 2004, Tom and Jackie are taking out the well-deserved for a test run for their prospective buyer, 29-year-old Skylar DeLeon, and a couple of his friends. So when he first responded to their ad about selling this yacht, they didn't trust him. But he showed up with his wife and brand new baby and their older son. Uh, so then they realized, yeah. oh, this is just a young family and they have this interest and they have the money and, you know, yeah. we're being judgmental or whatever. So they actually end up striking up a bit of a relationship. And then basically Skylar comes back and goes, I want to take the yacht for a test run. Oh, and also I'm going to bring a couple of my friends if that's cool with you. No. And yeah. yeah. And the Hawks were like, sure, that's okay. Yeah, we trust him now. Yeah. Our, our hackles are down. 
Yes. <laughs> Cackles. <laughs> they all go out for a test run mm. out of Newport Harbor, oh. and they're out on the open ocean. And that is when the three men overpower the couple, oh. force them to sign the boat's ownership over to them. What the fuck? Handcuff them to the anchor. Oh. Fucking throw them overboard and drown them intentionally. Oh, my God. The Hawks' bodies were never recovered. Oh, what is wrong with this world? Yes. So that was November 15th. So the fa- basically... 2004? The, um, 2004. Yeah. So basically how it happened for, like, the family was they went out for... um. They went out for this test run. The yacht comes back, but they don't come back. Yeah. So they don't really know what's going on. And um, then uh, 10 days later, someone tries to access their bank account from Mexico. Holy shit. And so that's when the, the family's notified by the bank. The bank goes straight to the police and is like, we're not sure what's happening here, but like this needs to get investigated. And of course, the the second the police start investigating, all roads lead I back mean, to Skylar Deleon. Yeah. The non-speaking Power Ranger, who actually he wasn't a Power Ranger. He was just an extra in an episode of the Power Rangers, yeah. which is why this is not the foremost Power Ranger murder. <laughs> but it did happen before. Yeah. Uh, okay. So essentially, the the plan was that they were t- stealing this boat. So basically, Skylar de Leon tells the police, like, oh, no, I gave them the money and I got the boat. I don't know what happened yeah, to that. It was like a, it was a normal transaction. Yeah. Goodbye. Standard yacht buying. You know right. how I always do. Yeah. And then you look at his mugshot. And you're like, that guy would never be no. in the market for a fucking yacht. Yeah. Sorry. No offense to your goatee, but no one fucking buys it. For real. It's Does like you you're no, but his hair is spiked up with a ton of gel. Same thing. Yeah. It's a it's an indicator. It's an Orange County. It's an Orange County. <laughs> <laughs> it's how they do. Yeah. Um, so essentially, they trace it all back, of course, find all the evidence. Skylar DeLeon is convicted of the murders and given a death sentence. Mm. And his wife is given two life sentences without <gasps> she the, was in on it? Without the possibility of parole. Yes. Then they find out that also DeLeon is charged with scamming $50,000 from and then slitting the throat of <gasps> 45-year-old John Jarvie of Anaheim, California, whose body was found <gasps> near a roadway in Ensenada on December 27th. 2003 so basically once they start uh, like uncovering what's happening with the hawkses then they realize that he's done this before and that this is the basically they were they were trying to collect um and scam people to get money so they could launder their drug money (sighs) and it's it's kind of lame because then there's an article about how um de leon's attorney at the start of the trial said skylar is guilty of all three murders but at the end of this i'm going to ask you to give him a life sentence without the possibility of parole as the appropriate sentence and then goes into this whole thing of what a difficult life he's had his dad was a drug dealer and abused him and all that yeah. stuff where it's just like and clearly the jury is just like too bad like i was don't, abused don't and i've never ropes. killed anybody yeah. yeah exactly that was the lesser one that yeah. i found right at the end Holy before i went shit. to do the other one and this is the very involved and very uh confusing and foreign to me um but mighty also, morphin power rangers murders but also very informative and now i know everything about the power rangers right? so thank you absolutely that my was pleasure great thank you that was a fucking solid pick <laughs> thank you so much i'm envious and yet happy for you <laughs> honestly the second one i found 11 minutes before you showed Is that up when you started laughing yes because we were sitting across from each other finishing our murders and i heard you start laughing oh <sighs> 
And then I was just like, oh, man, uh, how do I do this and like tell it quickly and actually know what I'm talking about? So I've actually seen and I'm sure you have. Yeah, too, yeah. There's definitely at least a 120, 20 or 48 hours or something totally. about the Hawks's murder. It's and so you should definitely sad. look into it because it's I mean, the whole thing is really, really gross, obviously. And really, it's that thing of to launder drug money. They killed they terribly murdered that couple to launder drug money it's just this world that makes me want to leave not not leave the house yeah it's so terrible and inhumane but it's just you know don't trust anybody (laughs) we got the solution right here that's right oh and i just want to tell you one more thing this is just my favorite power rangers uh, related media piece of media. You got to have one. Right? Which is a picture I found on Tumblr. I still believe in Tumblr, even though all the porn's been banned. And there's <laughs> it's only... It's never about porn, man. <laughs> no, it's about love and making love. Yeah. Um, bad cookbook photos from the 60s. Yes. And awesome, hilarious family photos that like are become then become legend because they're real. Yes. One of which is this legendary <gasps> picture of see. the pink Mighty Morphin Power Ranger kicking her grandpa <laughs> in the face. That is classic. Isn't that the best? It's beautiful. It's oh my god. Everything about and he's clearly just playing along with her <laughs> being a Power Ranger. We had that couch in the eighties. I know. He's so cute. I love this. It's a. I want a shirt of this. It's a grand image. <laughs> grand. <laughs> okay, sorry. I will send this to you, Stephen. So this is a murder that turns out is one of my top hometown murders that I completely forgot about. <gasps> I love it. So I'm always like, I don't have any good ones or I've done all the good ones. Right. And then I was on the phone with my mom the other night. There was wine happening <laughs> for both of us. I Great. Think. And we were talking about murder, <laughs> as sure. you do. Mm-hmm. And she reminded me of this one. And I, and I was in, I was 11 years old at the time. So I, she must have shielded me from it somehow, but I've seen forensic files about it. I must have just fucking blanked on this, but it's totally like happened next door to Irvine where I grew up in Orange County. Amazing. This is the murder of Denise Huber, aka the cold storage killer. Don't know this. I'm sure you will. I'm sure you've seen this forensic files before. And this is the fucking weirdest part. It takes place in Newport Beach and Prescott, Arizona. Whoa. Just like your fucking story. That's right. And involves a fucking asshole who tries to use his shitty childhood as an excuse for <sighs> killing someone. I, I feel like it happens so much. It does. So buckle the fuck up. Yeah. Because here we go. Okay. Um, I got a lot of info from a Ranker article by Phil Gibbons, The Forensic Files. It's called Frozen in Time. Yes, of course. And um, there's also a book about this called Cold Storage by John Lasseter. So... John Lasseter, the guy from Pixar? Don Lasseter. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Yikes. I'm glad you know who the Pixar head is because I don't. Uh, All right. He might not be anymore. I think there's some problems. Okay, anyway, we will get into it. Show us your taxes. (laughs) Pay your taxes. Similar but sexual. Great. (laughs) What's not sexual about taxes? (laughs) I mean, it's one of the sexier things. Uh, That's why we love accountants so much. That's right. We talk about how sexy and exciting accountants are all the time. Loosen that tie. (laughs) Um, That's me rewriting history because we've <laughs> shot on accountants so That's many times. Right. Okay. And dentists. Okay. <laughs> in June 1991, here we are okay. in Orange County. Mm. I'm 11. It doesn't matter. I'm not part of this. I'm 21 in Sacramento and on my 21st birthday, drank at a bar that was a biker bar 
And at the end of the night, walked out the door and said, as I said, I don't think I'm that drunk, tripped on my own sandal and fell straight flat onto the ground. Now. It's your stucco wall story, but <laughs> mine. It was this, the sidewalk snuck up on me. That's right. On my face. Okay. <laughs> and it was all uphill from there. <laughs> yes, it was. So 23-year-old Denise Huber, uh, she's bright. It's the fucking... It's a tale that we've heard a million times. She's bright, friendly young woman. She's fucking got her world ahead of her. She graduated from the University of California, Irvine. Oh, yeah. Which is my fucking town mm-hmm. with a degree in social sciences. And she was just starting her life as a grown up. So, of course, she lives at home with her lovely parents, Dennis and Ione Huber. They live in Newport Beach, California, mm-hmm. which is an upscale city in Orange County. And uh, she works part time two different jobs so she can afford to move out someday. She's a waitress and a sales assistant at Bloomingdale's mm-hmm. Blo- Bloomies. And she's saving up to afford her own place and also until she could get a job in the field she wanted to work in. So she loves traveling, reading, water skiing. She probably would have contributed a lot to society yeah. and was a wonderful fucking person. Beautiful, of course, blue-eyed brunette. Her whole fucking life ahead of her. She also loved music. So on the night of Sunday, June 2nd, 1991, Denise picks up a friend from Huntington Beach and together they drove to the Los Angeles Forum in Inglewood. Mm-hmm. We know that place. Is that the place for, um, what's the roller skating movie? <laughs> they film it there. What's the roller skating movie? Just roller skating? You mean Xanadu? Yes. Oh, that was filmed at the Forum? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Or I've like never been there. Outside of it. Mm-hmm. Oh. I saw a couple of bands there. Okay. I saw a couple of bands there. <laughs> Anyways, uh, they go to the forum. It's about 45 minutes away from, from Orange County. And uh, they go to see Morrissey. Oh, I know. Heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. They drink in the park. Like, they're like us. They drink in the fucking parking lot. Yes. They don't have a ton of money. They share a beer inside because they don't have a ton of money. And they go to a bar on the way back. And around 2 a.m., Denise drops her friend back off at his house. And she starts her short drive home. Mm. It's like a, it's from Huntington Beach to Orange County. It's like not even 10 minutes. So shortly after 2 a.m., just minutes from her parents' house and her off ramp, her car blew a tire on the southbound lane to the 73, which is the Corona Del Mar freeway. It's like a really small little connector freeway. Um, Denise pulls over to the side of the freeway. The area is well lit. It's in view of several emergency call boxes that she could have easily walked to. And just off the freeway, where res- as a residential neighborhood, there's a gas station she could have easily walked to um, to call for help. Of course, we don't have cell. We didn't have cell phones then, so yeah. that's the only way to get help. Um, but Denise vanishes. Mm-hmm. The next morning, Denise's parents worried that their daughter hadn't come home. Of course, the night before, called her friends. No one's seen her. Uh, her best friend, Tammy, was like, I can't just fucking sit around. So that later that night, she just is like, I'm going to drive around and see if I can find her car. Oh. I know. Poor Wait, Tammy. And, and also, this is starting to sound familiar. I know you know yeah. this one. Okay. Poor fucking Tammy. She finds uh, Denise's silver blue Honda on the freeway pulled over with a flat tire where Denise left it about 10 p.m. that night. She finds it. Um, The car is unlocked. Its battery is drained from the emergency blinkers having gone on all night. 
and all day. Her keys are gone and her purse is missing. There's no signs of blood, no signs of foul play or any other damage to the car. And also the flat tire doesn't seem like it was tampered with. It seems like she actually got a flat tire. Okay. So police arrive and they don't have a shit ton to work with. They just have an empty car. Police dogs quickly lose her trail. And uh, luckily, and we don't hear this a lot, they believed her parents when her parents said she's not someone who just would have fucking left with someone. Yay. You know? So detectives conduct interviews with everyone in Lynx's life, her boyfriend, the dude she went to the Morrissey concert with, people she fucking met at the bar, like all of that shit. And um, they can't come up with any answers to what had happened to Denise. She just fucking vanished into thin air. So grasping for any break in the case, they did this crazy thing where they staked out the freeway where her car went missing, took pictures of the license plates. And this is before the internet and yeah, shit, yeah. ran those plates with the DMVs and sent those people letters saying, were you on this freeway that night? Did you see anything? Wow. I know. That's a great, some kind of strategy. Yeah. I mean, like, at least they're doing something. Totally. That they come up with fucking nothing, right. unfortunately. Yeah. So Denise's family, they're obviously frantic and kind of Orange County. And this is what my mom was telling me, that she remembers the bumper stickers and the fucking billboard and just people being so worried about this really normal girl who just vanished out of thin air. Yeah. They put up a six by 30 foot banner on the side of an apartment building. Like, you know, the kind that say, if you'd be home, you'd be home now if you lived here. Yeah. It's that um, overlooking the spot where her car had been found reading, have you seen Denise? And it has her photo and all this stuff with the um, phone number for the Costa Mesa police department. But you know, nothing comes up. Even psychics are like, "Mm, we don't know. Um, her father covers his car with those photos. Mm. He says, every time I saw a girl with long brown hair, I'd go back and I had to see her face and make sure it wasn't Denise. Of course. These poor parents were just frantic. Yeah. And despite all their efforts in the whole fucking community, including my mom rallying around trying to find Denise, the trail went cold. Yeah. So cut to three years later. 1994, when 40-something-year-old Elaine Connellia, she owns a paint manufacturing company with her husband in Phoenix, Arizona. Okay. So she's this fucking kind of cool woman, and she meets a man selling paint at a swap meet in Prescott Valley, Arizona. Okay. What the fuck, right? Yeah, that's really weird. So weird. Yeah. So the man's a 30-something-year-old gaunt, bearded dude named John. He just looks like your average creep. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> your average like your average There's 90s so creep. so many dudes right now that just have a single tear rolling down their cheek <laughs> he who just isn't like... gaunt with a beard in the 2019 yeah that's true but he even he... <laughs> happy birthday <laughs> we take it all back um he looks like ted kaczynski's like son mm. and maybe a little italian too mm. Oh, okay. So it's like that kind of gaunt. The like, you've been living in a forest with gaunt. Okay. Um, so she meets, so Elaine meets this dude named John. And according to Elaine, he's personable, seems intelligent, articulate. He's this fucking normal dude. And um, they they met at the swap meet where Elaine and her husband sold paint sometimes. Where And this guy, John, sold paint as well. So John tells them, they met him a couple times, he tells them he had been a painting contractor in California and moved to Arizona for a fresh start. 
and that business hadn't been as good as he'd hoped, so he wanted to sell his surplus paint, um, and his house was nearby. Did Elaine and her husband want to come buy it? And uh, they were like, great, let's do it. So they get in their car and they follow John to his home, which ends up, you know, he's this grubby dude and ends up being this like exclusive country club area, like luxury custom homes, like golf course area. Whoa. Nice house. Whatever. Um, John leads them. They get to this house. John leads them to this around the side of the house. There's a driveway at the end of a wooded fence. And there, among all these insane amount of paint cans, that they go to buy, Elaine sees a 24-foot GMC Ryder rental moving van that had been backed into the um, pad and was partially covered by a canvas tarp. Does you remember this? Now? It's starting to seem familiar. Yes. There's like an okay. So I wrote to Elaine's cautious eye. It was also covered in a million red flags. Yes. <laughs> I already love Elaine so much. Elaine is nosy as fuck and yes. doesn't mind her own business. Hell and yes. I love her. Hell yes, Elaine. Do it, Elaine. And to all the Elaines of the world, we salute you. That's right. My Aunt Elaine, what's up? So um, she notes that in her mind, she's like calculating some shit. And she's like, the truck, I could tell it had been, she could tell it had been sitting there for some time. It was yellowing and dusty. She said she felt the hairs on the back of her neck stand up and at the side of the truck because it just seems so out of place and odd, which is the reason I mentioned that it's a rich community. It's just yes. like, what is this weird truck doing here? Right. The truck had California plates. And so assuming the truck had been stolen, Elaine, the busybody that she is and should be, she writes down the license plate number, writes the rental company's serial number. Bless her. And everyone, this is like a U-Haul, like a U-Haul truck that you'd rent for like a, moving your small apartment, let's say. Yeah. Right? But it's a writer, so it's like bright fucking yellow. Yes. Um. So she writes that shit down, takes it with her. They buy the paint. This guy's creepy. They get the fuck out of there. She kind of forgets about it until a couple days later when a friend visits their uh, warehouse to purchase some paint, and he happens to be a detective. Oh, yes. Okay. And Elaine tells Detective Stephen Gregory of the Phoenix PD about the strange truck she had seen in the Prescott County Club tract mm -hmm. and gave him the license number along with the serial number. And she's like, why don't you check this out? I bet you anything it's stolen. So he, Detective Gregory, uh, calls Ryder and is like, yo, do you have any trucks that uh, have been stolen from California? Here's the number. The representative's like, mm, I don't see anything in my system. And Detective Gregory was like, how about you fucking double check? Thank God. Really? Turns out he's a great detective. Yes. Just for that simple reason. So shortly after the rep calls back and was like, oh shit, you know what? It's been missing from Orange County for six months. Whoa. Yeah. So no one at Ryder had ever contacted the police about it, even though they knew it was missing. So it probably would have stayed missing if it weren't for Elaine. Yes, Elaine. Having been like, well, you know what? I don't like it. It makes me feel... Because well, here's the thing, though. She got a gut reaction. Yeah. She trusted her intuition. Your hair... The hair on the back of your neck stands up for a reason. That's right. And when you honor that yeah. and follow it, I think you prove... It will be proven that you're right. And even if you're wrong, no harm. Who cares? There's no harm. Yeah. You didn't do anything. You you just want to check something. You're just being nosy. It's fine. It's fine. Don't mind your own business. That's when people get fucking hurt. That's right. Stop being so goddamn selfish, Elaine. <laughs> No, Elaine's good. No, I mean non-Elaine. <laughs> um, okay, so the rental company then reports the, the the vehicle stolen to the Orange County Sheriff's Department so that the truck can now be searched. Nice. So they're like, 
great, let's fucking do this. They So on the morning of July 13th, 1994, like right after they find out that it's been stolen, they just fucking get up in there. Yes. Deputy Joe uh, DG Acoma goes to the house, checks out the rider truck, and then he's like, this is fucking weird. There's a thick electrical extension cord that's coming from the locked back door, you mm-hmm. know, that slides down all heavy. Yep. There's an extension cord coming from that locked back door. It goes over the fence and into the neighbor's yard and, like, is plugged in there. What? Right. And he's like, oh, great. This is a fucking meth lab. Oh, right. So he contacts the uh, narcotics team of Prescott. Okay. Um, They get there and they're like, let's fucking do this. This is Breaking Bad. It's not made yet, though. They cut the lock. (laughs) A fucking locksmith has the most fun day of his life breaks that lock they go in to the truck and in the front there's like paint cans and just a bunch of bullshit then they go towards the rear of the cab what do they call like the truck thing the it's not like it's not a pickup truck it's like a right because that would be a truck bed right it would just be the back of the the container yes the truck container yeah thank you sure it's not accurate but (laughs) i like to participate thank you (laughs) Um, You're welcome. When they go back there, they see a large, white, rectangular chest freezer. <sighs> the switch uh, for the freezer is in the on position, so the freezer had been running constantly, hence the electrical cord. Um, the freezer is also locked, and a, dozens, a dozen heavy masking tape uh, pieces had been placed around the lid to like keep it double time closed. I don't know. Mm. So locksmith cuts that one again. And, uh, yeah, immediately when it opens, the officers smell a horrible scent. And inside they could see, like, frost on the walls showing that it had been there for a long time and a large object completely covered with black plastic garbage bags at the bottom. Mm -hmm. One of the officers reaches in to touch it and says, I feel an arm. Yeah. Um, And immediately they close the freezer and call the homicide department unit don't Good. fucking touch a thing right which is great yay the freezer's taken to the medical examiner dr ann uh Bolkoltz. Bolkoltz? Bolkoltz. <laughs> <laughs> that just became a moment to yourself <laughs> georgia georgia <laughs> the freezer is taken to the medical examiner doc- dr ann Bolkoltz, who uh is able to identify the body and three years after her mysterious disappearance from the site of an orange county freeway Denise Huber has been found. Oh, my God. I fucking know. Do you remember this at all? Yes. I remember seeing it on one of those shows. Yeah. On, like, American Justice or something. Yeah, and it was on, I mean, back then he was even on America's Most Wanted. Yeah. You know. Let's talk about this fucking dude, John, who owns this truck and this house. The Mm -hmm. paint guy. John Famolero is born in Long Island in June 1957, youngest of three children. Eventually, they moved to Santa Ana, California. So this is all about John's mother, Anna. She's the domineering force of the fucking family. He has two siblings and she just like dominates them. She's super fucking religious. She's verbally abusive. Um, and she controls everything about their lives. Doesn't let them play with any kids. Doesn't let any kids come over. And she, um, is super strict. Whatever. No excuse for murder. Right. I'm just telling everyone a story. It's the background. Yeah. So Anna, Her yard is super fucking clean and orderly and lovely, but inside, she's a hoarder. Like a legit hoarder. Oh. Yeah. House is filled with stacks of newspapers, magazines, food, laundry, um, just boxes of shit. She wouldn't let her kids throw anything away unless they showed it to her first. 
Yeah. Just so much that it stresses me out so much because I feel like I have the capacity to be a hoarder inside of me Mm. because I get it. Yeah. There's just this weird of what if, what if, I might need it. I can't, I can't let go of it. Because I have certain things that I'm like that with, but like plastic bags, I'm like, what if I use it again? It's just the, yeah. But it's like almost like you just take that mentality about the plastic bags and then you just spread the logic around to everything else, yeah. which is crazy, obviously. But there's, it's so much unresolved. And then having a perfect front yard. Yeah, that's that whole thing. That's like, I don't want anyone to know this shit. Yeah. Well, my grandma fucking washed tinfoil and reused it, but she went through the depression and yes. also escaping Russia. <laughs> yes. So. No, no, that's good. That's almost good sense. Yeah. You're just like, I'm saving this string. Yeah. I don't give a shit. We yeah. don't know what's going to happen. I just don't like clutter. Right. <laughs> well, it feels so much better when you get rid of it. Yeah. That, yeah, that's why I told you the first time I watched a hoarder's marathon and then got up and immediately cleaned out my the closet in the room that yeah. where I was watching it because it freaked me out that's, so bad. Nothing feels better than that. Yeah. Um. So, and she also, so Anna, this Anna also hoarded silver because she was fiercely anti-communism and thought that the family needed to hoard food and silver to survive a possible Russian invasion. Right. So she wasn't fucking doing the best she could in her head. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it's just that thing of like fear dominating your life in that way where you are preparing for an eventuality that will never come. And you are, you're basically shutting down your life for this of and of giving this fear all of this power you're talking about me right now well i'm talking about everybody this is what we're all facing and dealing with constantly you know my dad gave me silver for mine and vince's wedding because when the end days come (laughs) you'll have something to barter with yeah paper money's not gonna matter (laughs) you need it's just yeah i i get this a little bit sure but not to this extreme obviously yeah i actually like my dad No, well, and also it's like, what if he's right? Yeah. What if he's right? That's my problem. Like, what if it's true? What if I will fucking get in a car accident? Like, but you can't live your life in what if. Well, because when you do that, what you're doing, I had a whole conversation with my therapist about this today, but it was instead of about like future apocalypses Mm -hmm. or whatever, it's about relationships. I, for a long time, had this idea of here's how I'm not going to get hurt again. I'm going to date people that aren't that thrilling and that that way yeah when the bad part comes i won't care that it's much safe and the problem is it doesn't work that way it doesn't because you're gonna get hurt either way you cannot prevent it and when you like under deal yourself the way i was doing for so yeah. long then you don't get any of the good part and you get the bad part. but you're not going you might not be hurt either way you could bet on someone who turns out to be fucking great and who sees through all your bullshit and is like shut up yes i'm, t- I'm talking about vince <laughs> <laughs> And me. And me being like... (laughs) Well, yeah, but you're right. I mean, like, it's that thing where when we decide what the future looks like and that it's only bad, and then we start preparing for that future, then we start living for a future like that. And we prove ourselves right and we're like, see, but really we just fucking did it to ourselves. Yeah. And it's sad. Yeah. We're working on it. Don't do it, everyone. Work on it. Work on it. Work on it. Work on it, Karen. (laughs) Georgia, get rid of your silver. Okay. (laughs) Um, so John isn't violent as a child, but he has these crazy mood swings, hyperactivity to depression. It sounds like bipolar. Mm-hmm. I'm not a doctor. What? I, I know. You told me when I, we started I this. I meant to tell you. <laughs> I got in my HIPAA. Why got, are you wearing that white coat all the time? <laughs> Why do you have a stethoscope? Why do you keep taking my pulse? <laughs> what? 
<laughs> Why do you keep taking my polls? That's not what I heard. Okay. Uh, <laughs> my what? <I> don't know. <laughs> Nothing. Okay. Okay. Stephen, happy birthday, though. Seriously. Seriously, it's your Steven. best birthday ever. You're welcome. <laughs> we got you a Power Rangers costume. Go, Power Rangers. Go. <sighs> okay. Um. Whatever. This all this shit. They call him. They call him names. He's yes. Lying. You know, life is hard. Life's hard. Yeah. All this shit. And let's talk about his mom, though. Still, she's fucking. She's. She bathes them into their preteens years. Her, Pardon? Her Go back, in, please. Including her son, her two sons. She bathes them in newspapers. <laughs> so <laughs> That's not clean. No, it isn't. That's the problem with a, a hoarder bathing you. Right. They're just like, here's this old sandwich from three months ago. <laughs> Scrubbing under your armpits. Well, she scrubbed their junk really hard is no, the thing. Up no. until they were like in the... Like, preteen teenagers straight out of vc andrews exactly oh this some, no. like i'm trying to hit home that this chick's that, fucking that is bad there's some shit going on okay um she her fucking breath changed her brother later his brother later says her breath changed when she would be scrubbing their junk and they'd be like you this is your special area and it needs to be cleaned correctly so she'd do it for them no 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 don't let anyone touch your junk Mm-mm. um but uh, that happened to her obviously yeah something along those lines sure um and so she was really big about like you can't even watch kissing no dating all this bullshit that we've heard a million times she would (laughs) sorry that's not funny she would burst into their rooms at night to make sure they weren't masturbating when they were teenagers like it just wasn't a way it wasn't a mentally healthy way to grow up and grow your brain no parts bad stuff um and so this culminates in 1980 anna runs for a seat on the santa Ana city council campaigning against. sorry the hoarder Uh uh-huh (laughs) <laughs> okay, okay well she's like she's campaigning against abortion pornography in a local adult theater so she's got this fucking okay. gusto to, to change she's fired up yeah all these and, sinners and shit and then it's like we're moving up to two baths a day everybody yeah it's getting serious mm-hmm. okay on the same day she announces her candidacy her older son john's big brother warren he's now a chiropractor He's arrested for molesting two 10-year-old patients <sighs> and for having unlawful intercourse, which, come on, with right. a 17-year-old girl. Oh, man. Yeah. Warren's convicted and um, he's committed to a state hospital as a mentally disordered sex offender. Mm-hmm. That's what they call him. And to get away from the embarrassment, that's when the parents moved to Prescott, Arizona. Okay. Can I do an aside of a quick hometown? Please. Just a little bits of it. that Because I always look it up on the... Okay. Yeah, to cross-reference it. Yeah. Yeah. And this is sticking with Anna. Hello, Karen, Georgia, Stephen, and pet cohorts. I was recently diagnosed with a brain aneurysm, and I found MFM to be an excellent way to distract myself and keep my blood pressure down as I await my upcoming surgery. Wow. In 2002, I was a first semester nursing student, and I was assigned to the local VA hospital for uh, clinicals. On one of my earliest clinical days, I was walking down the hall when a little old lady came out of a patient room and asked me if I could help, if I could come in and help her husband quick description of the little old lady kind of small with a toothy fake smile plastered on her face and eyes that were simultaneously too bright and dead inside oh also she seemed hella innocuous but she was actually venomous as fuck i politely informed her that i was a nursing student and that i would get someone who knew what they were doing to come help her i went and found the staff nurse that i was assigned to told her about the woman's request and the nurse immediately stopped what she was doing looked me square in the eyes and said never go into that room without a staff member whoa 
She explained the woman who flagged me down had a history of tricking nursing students into coming into the room, having them do some innocuous task, and then fucking with her husband's dressings, IV, catheter, bedding, whatever, and blaming it on the nursing student. Ooh. I'm talking about Anna, if you don't know this already. I, I kind of okay, caught great. on, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't think you're stupid. <laughs> it was a bit confrontational, Louise. <laughs> <laughs> Which part? I'm talking about Anna. Yeah. Um, as my supervising nurse went to see if the patient actually needed anything, she whispered to me, and their son is a serial killer. Which ended up not being true, but... But, yeah. A killer. Yes. I heard a lot of stories about her and her incessant sabotage, mental torture of staff. She would pocket her husband's meds and then accuse the staff of not providing them. She would remove his catheter and blame it, uh, blame staff for his wet sheets. <sighs> the woman's mind games resulted in a lot of people quitting. And she was at one point refused access to the property after she brought a gun on campus. What? <laughs> Little old lady. Following a verbal altercation with some of the nursing staff. Dang it. And it says, stay sexy, don't get murdered. And if you have a family history of aneurysms, go get yourself checked out. <laughs> Smart. And I'm not going to say her name because of HIPAA reasons, and I don't want her to get in trouble. <laughs> That's right. But And you're a HIPAA. Thank you. You know your name. That is, it's because it's almost like it's, you know, like we're saying, like the hoarding thing is like tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Clearly, it's about other things. Then as you're talking about the other things, then it's like, oh, man, it is way worse. It's way worse. And then it's like something like that where... Where was the husband through all of the other stuff? The thing he was that meek, let her do whatever she wanted. She, she, it was all her. It was all her. They were super religious, so he was like, "It's God's fuck. Whatever she's saying is God's will," and so yeah. I like, back her up. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. You know, it's yeah. one of those situations. Yeah. That just sucks. So, um, so they went to Prescott, Arizona. The parents to skedaddle out of that mess of child molestation shit right john stayed in orange county and attended various colleges he studied some shit he once saved a woman who was being assaulted at knife point at a bus stop which to me is so weird yeah so obviously he he killed denise but yet he also had this like hero complex and saved this woman at who assailant was attacking was attacking her with a knife he tackles the assailant takes away the knife pins him to the ground until the police arrived like he was also saving it, it, there's just it's just this weird brain yeah so he gets into the house painting business hires a, he hires a team of painters and moves his business into a warehouse in Laguna Hills California which is like 20 minutes from Newport Beach okay um several has several girlfriends over the years and um he has friends they all say he has a good sense of humor they describe him as fun intelligent nice respectful considerate and polite but they also describe him as secretive, manipulative, and a smooth talker. It's like, Ooh. fucking pick one. Yeah, really. Well... He can be both. Because it's that thing where, like, the fun times are fun. A lot of... It's a good thing to remember. It's easy to have fun. Right. It's easy to have fun. Right. But then when the shit goes down and someone suddenly is just, like, gaslighting you for reasons that you don't understand, that's when it's like, yeah, the fun... It, it doesn't counterbalance. It has to be close as close to 100% as possible. You want someone who's reliable, I think, is what the secret yeah. is. Consistent. Consistent. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. In the summer of 1992, John uh, finally moves to Arizona to be closer to his parents because his father had been hospitalized, like our fucking hometown just told us. Yeah, okay. So he moves next door to his parents, where he parks the 24-foot rider truck that he had brought with him from Orange County, where it sat with an electrical cord plugged into next door into his parents' house. <sighs> Remember, it was yep. over the neighbor? Mm-hmm. Until fucking Elaine comes along and is like, 
not today, motherfucker. I don't like this. I don't like this. And red flags. Mm-hmm. So, John... It's, some might argue she was sent by God. That's right. <laughs> I think Denise's parents say that later. <laughs> that's right. So, John, he's uh, from Alaro. He's 34 years old. He's arrested, obviously. They search his house, and it turns out he's a hoarder, too, Ugh. now. Saved everything in his life. And in a box labeled Christmas fucking handwritten and if you watch the forensic files episode you can see a lot of cool like photos and shit of like obviously all this stuff all that evidence um and in the christmas box they find a lot of incriminating items that john couldn't part with as a hoarder Mm -hmm. so black garbage bags that are similar to the ones that were that denise was wrapped in in the freezer they found Denise's wallet, purse, everything that would have... They found, you know, her fucking driver's license is in there, her car keys, the outfit she was wearing the night of her disappearance, this poor baby girl. Um, and then another box contained a bloodstained hammer and basically the outfit that John probably was wearing that night covered in blood. Like, he couldn't get rid of it. Wow. Which I don't... Like, everyone talks about maybe, you know, the killers want trophies and shit, but the hoarding part, I think, is more likely than him wanting a trophy. Yeah, he couldn't. Right. Like, throwing something away was threatening. Yeah, he drove this thing from California to, or, like, Arizona. He could have buried this stuff in the desert. Right. He didn't. He needed it He had to keep it. Yeah. 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 So, of course, that blood ends up being Denise's blood. Um, They find a receipt from a Montgomery Ward for a freezer that's the same model, obviously. The freezer is delivered to his Laguna Hills um, storage unit only nine days after Denise Huber's disappearance. And when an Orange County criminologist, they go, they perform what forensic files wouldn't exist without. Yeah. Luminol test. Yes. Um, (laughs) On the floor. And of course, it's blood. And the fucking people who I, this is one of the parts I'll never forget. The people who had taken over the storage unit later were like, oh, we thought it was just a stain and we hosed it down. Mm -hmm. (gasps) Never hose down a stain. No. No. I mean, what? No. Yeah. So. Storage units. I know. So creepy. So creepy. They call it a warehouse, but it's clearly a fucking storage unit. Um, and so because since it was determined that Denise was murdered in that storage unit, John's extradited back to Orange County for trial. So he's extradited back, uh, to California for trial. So John Fomolero immediately, he, the, the detectives say that he's just as cool as a fucking cucumber, doesn't react or anything immediately. He's like, I want an attorney, doesn't say a thing ever about it. And he refuses to, to testify pleads not guilty so to uh the prosecutors could only speculate what happened to denise which is that her tire did blow out normally and she probably got out of her car started walking towards a call box and as john famalero drove by he saw her on the side of the road pulls over it's possible he was out looking for a victim since it was so late in the night but we don't know it might just be fucking awful time and place right um, and there's no blood near the car, so they, they assume, and, and Denise had no defensive wounds, so it's theorized that she might have initially gotten into his car willingly to get help. But when they searched his house, they found two sheriff's deputies' uniforms in his possession. <sighs> so it's probable, and because 
this is my favorite murder, we can say definitely. Yeah. <laughs> fact that he, he was posing. He was posing as a cop. That would make so much more sense because why would she get into a strange man's car when the call box is right there? Yeah. You wouldn't, it would be like, what do you want me to drive you down to the gas station that you can see? Right. Or like, just take me to my parents' house. They'll help me. Cause she was literally like, I think the off ramp for her parents' house was right there. <sighs> so just drop me off at my parents' house. They'll come get, like, my dad can change a tire or whatever. Sorry, that was sexist. My parents can change a tire, right. whatever. Right. They theorized that when she was in the car, um, cause he was driving and he immediately was driving where he shouldn't have been driving. So they, he probably rendered her unconscious, unconscious pretty immediately. Um, and then based on the autopsy, he duct taped her face and eyes and handcuffed her and brought her to a storage warehouse and then because they had all the her clothes that he kept, they saw that there were these weird scuff marks on the back of her heels that indicated that he had dragged her from the car to the warehouse, which is so fucking awful. Once there, John Famolaro raped Denise and then placed three white plastic bags around her head, cinched them, and then took what medical examiners later surmised to be a 14-inch iron nail puller that was found in his home and hit her over the head at least 31 separate times. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, based on the fact that there was no external trauma and no signs of defensive wounds, it's thought that she was most likely unconscious when she was killed, which like... Small favor? Yeah. A little bit, uh, yes. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. We, yeah. So, um, during the trial, all this other like corroborate, corroborating shit came around. Like two of his exes came forward and was like... There were these weird moments where he handcuffed me against my will and like humiliated me and he was violent in these weird little times. But both of them had gotten back together with him afterwards, had freaked out, was like, fuck you and left. And then he fucking convinced them yeah. that they just didn't understand this the situation. That like he was like, No, that's I thought we were playing. I didn't you I didn't mean it like that. And convinced these women that which, like, they knew that it wasn't right. And so they broke up with him and left. But he's a psychopath. He's a fucking psychopath. So he knows what to say. He knows how to talk to people. He knows how to be, like, the friends were saying, charming, right. casual, fun, whatever. Exactly. Yes. It's terrifying. Yeah. Um, also, it came out that possibly Warren had also molested John as a child. Yeah. You know. Um, Denise's murder was determined to be an incredibly violent and brutal assault. And for it, John Famolero was found guilty and received the death penalty. Whoa. Yeah. But of course, it's California. Yeah. Well, not overturned. Oh. California has a moratorium on the death penalty. And so uh, Dennis and Ioni, the parents of Denise, say that they may never see their daughter's killer put to death, but they've made peace with it because we have this whole... It's. We're like a sig we're like a symbolic death penalty state, mm -hmm. meaning you can be on death row, but we're probably never going to kill you. But you'll never get out, also. Right. Okay. Yes. Well, that's important. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, I hope. Um, her dad said that the wound never heals; you just learn how to deal with it. Mm. As a side note, uh, identification and other materials associated with other women were found during the search of his house. Oh. Some of them were like cleared and they're alive and fine and some have never been identified so it leaves the possibility open that john famolaro murdered other women mm -hmm. but they still don't know it's the case is still open in arizona because they always say that like especially that age it does you don't start midlife right and and you don't start with an intensely brutal murder with potentially posing as a cop and all that that's not a first off yeah they that's a pattern right 
Yeah, yeah. that's long. That's a long held developing pattern. Murder Squad. Can we get on this? If, I mean, for real. So despite all his fucking stupid idiot appeals, he remains on death row in San Quentin. So Elaine, uh, Canalia, our friend Elaine, our best friend, she and after um, he was caught, she spoke with Denise's parents and she told them how sorry she was. And they told her that it was God's will that she helped them find her last child. And they were like, you know, connecting and shit. Elaine told them that she had felt this really weird feeling while she was at the house and that she felt a strong pull coming from this truck. Mm-hmm. And her parents are like, this is, it, it was like intervention. It was supposed to fucking happen. Yes. Denise Huber was buried uh, in August of 1994 next to her grandparents in South Dakota. Over 200 family members and friends attended her services, after which dozens of brightly colored balloons were released in Denise's memory. And the inscription on Denise Huber's headstone reads, you will always be loved. Ugh. And that's the story of the murder of Denise Huber. Man. My fucking hometown murder. And such a good, like, there, oh my God, there's so many elements to that. Like, you know, that's yeah. such a good story. It's so weird because I remember, like, bits of this in that, like, I remember seeing, I think, on, like, the Forensic Files or one of these shows, like, a row of specific uh, uh, storage unit doors yes. that look really specific to Orange County because we have these, like, wide swaths of, like, fucking weird storage and shit. Yeah. And every time I drive by one now, I think of, like, someone was murdered in one of these, in one of these stories. Yeah. But, like, it never, it never, like, came to me that it was this murder. Yeah. So now I have this, like, connection to it. Unbelievable. Fuck. Yeah. I remember, I feel like the first thing that seemed familiar was the stretch of road that she got the flat tire on that was, like, isolated but not, uh, it wasn't isolated, but it was this kind of, like, she was stuck in this patch of road. Yeah, it was definitely, like, I, I didn't drive down that freeway, but the freeway that's, like, next to it the 55 was really similar it was just this short freeway that got you from newport to costa mesa or whatever it was like not a lot of traffic during the day let alone at two in the morning so i could see it being it feels isolated even though you're surrounded in orange county there's never any like you're never isolated in orange county right but it does feel that way yeah man i know and just all that yeah it's very fateful and you know, yeah. Elaine getting her nose in there and just being like, I don't like the way this looks yeah. and I want someone to do something about it. And then that detective who is like, I'm going to yeah, do something about it. I take it. you seriously. Yeah. And I'm going to double down and I'm going to fucking make sure they check. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. And, you know, good for them. And also, I think uh, I've heard a long time ago that when you get a flat tire, and I know we have cell phones now, so it's different. But when you get a flat tire, um, drive off the freeway, even if you fuck up your rim. Yes. It's important to get to a, like a well-lit gas station or something and not pull around the side of the road yes. not that it's her fucking fault obviously of course not but that's but, so, but you when you don't know that like yeah you can drive on rims for a while yeah. obviously it'll fuck your rim up but oh, you can drive on a flat for a while you yeah. can drive on a rim <laughs> there's, a, there's an amazing story in the tales from the tour bus yeah and i think was it jerry lee lewis they drove on rims um, because they didn't want to miss a show. Oh my God. And when they pulled up in, I'm pretty sure it was Chicago, the back of the car was on fire because they had driven for so long on the rims. <laughs> don't do that. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, don't do that for sure. But I, what I'm saying is yeah. that basically you can go for much further than right. you think. Get off the freeway. I mean, first of all, for fucking safety, there's cars 
zipping by. Yes. It's scary and dangerous. But also, yeah, you want to make sure there's people around you. Get to a gas station, get to a well-lit place. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking hooray. Let's fucking hooray this shit. I wanted, need it. I have wanted to fucking hooray this for mm. three days because I just found... So... Um, my sister's best friend, Adrian, I'll never not describe her that way. It's, <laughs> it's how I know her. So it's how you know her. Yeah. Um, big podcast person herself. So what she asked me, um, uh, oh, first of all, she called me. Now these are my, my sister and her best friend are the two, uh, people I spent the most time with on all of my life since I was 10. And they were, the most bored, irritated older sisters. <laughs> they never were interested in anything I had to say. I would always try to hang out with them. They were always trying to get me to leave the room. Adrian wasn't like that. My sister what, was. Were you two years younger? Two years younger. And so the they worst. were the ones that were like, here's how you can hang out in my room. This is my sister's idea. Yeah. You have to make up a lip sync to Pat Benatar's Get Nervous or whatever. Some yeah. song. They would... Dick, they would tell me what I had to do. Ugh. Then I would spend an hour in my room making up a thing, and then I'd have to go in and do it. It's like you're being hazed constantly. Yes, but it, and, but it's like we're still deciding whether or not you can. The answer was always no at the end, and I would just go back and like try it again. Oh, okay. So they basically trained me for show business. Yes, yeah, exactly. They did, but, but they also a, trained you for the heartbreak of it too, because you're yeah. just used to hearing no. Since no was like okay, I'm just going to try again. That's great. Yeah, so I owe them my career. So anyway, <laughs> and they both have good taste. I trust them. So anyway, I probably <laughs> right. wasn't, I wasn't giving that lip sync performance my all. And I should have used a chair and sat backwards on it. So anyway, um, so and Adrian's the one that like when we obviously started this podcast g- yes. called me and was like, when are you doing Richard Ramirez? And I was like, oh, my God, you're into this. She's show. been in it and part of it from the beginning. It's totally. So. Um, I recommended to her the Teacher's Pet podcast mm. that we have uh, become obsessed with. And uh, she, when I saw her this weekend, had just finished it. And then she goes, have you listened to Who the Hell is Hamish? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she goes, oh, that was the podcast that started when the last episode of Teacher's Pet ended. Mm. It's another podcast by The Australian, the newspaper. Mm-hmm. And it is so good. It's about this fucking con man named Hamish. Mm. He's got a million last names. And his path of destruction is unfucking believable I am and here for this. I recommend it. I, it's first of all, and I we've said this before with Teacher's Pet. I want to listen to Australian people talk all the time. <laughs> they are super intelligent. They use very big words. They clearly have a good educational system there. Yeah. They're great at expressing themselves. I don't know what it is. And it's cute. And it's the phrases are funny, too. So it's like, oh, that's cute. Like, yes. they call it this these things. And it all goes up at the end. Right. I'm do- I know I do New Zealand sometimes when I should be doing a, well, they uh, call, Australian. They but. call things stuff that we think is funny and weird. So it's entertaining, too. Yes. Their, yeah, their slang is good. Yes. But then also just their ability to be interviewed. It's like they're all kind of podcast ready. Casual and not nervous. Yeah, not nervous, very earnest, intelligent. Totally. So it's just person after person who has come up against this con man who has conned 
multi million dollars out of people wow. over years and has never like has never gotten caught until recently oh my god i have to hear it i it's, need to learn do i will i learn how to spot a con man and not yes well because swindled. what it is is you have to what i think the lesson is is it's you can't spot a con man right because they are masters at camouflage i don't like it so but there are things it's you can spot a compulsive liar <gasps> and that's people like write off and joke about compulsive liars but that is one of like the foundational things of people who don't have consciences about how they affect other people yeah don't care they don't care what your what your reaction to their story right. is. They're going to tell you because in their mind, here's how it's going to go, and, and it's, it's going to be believed. Way. Yes, I don't and think so I've ever impressed. I don't think I've ever met a compulsive liar before. They're pretty like amazing, a real one. Yeah, I've met a couple, and it's or maybe sad. they were just so fucking good. No, but like one of those, like that's there's no way that happened. Right, where it's the thing of if you say. I went skiing this weekend. They said, this is the example they gave. They, he goes, well, I was actually a ski champion. And they, the people that used to work with him, cause he started off as like a as commodities trader mm-hmm. or whatever, they just would joke about him because no matter what you said, he would come back with a bigger thing. Okay. I do know someone a friend dated who did that all the time. Yeah. And I think there's pieces like that that you put together. There's also like big stories and there's, they, they try to get you when you first meet, they try to get you with sympathy. So they'll, he'll come in of, I was an orphan. My parents were killed at this age. The, 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 I've been through this. I've been through that. And then suddenly, especially with women, you have all this empathy and you kind of have that look of, oh, he's been through so much. Yeah. So when he's lying to you or when he gets caught in lies, get away with it because <gasps> you know the logic behind, oh, he suffered so much, whatever. It's amazing. It's so anyway, What's I it recommend again? it's called Who the Hell is Hamish? And it is I think it's eight eight episodes altogether. It's so good. And I just the the Australian newspaper is like killing it in the podcast arena. They're just so good at it. I'm so excited because I just finished I binge watched in a no listened in a week to a podcast too. Let's let's have it be my fucking hooray. Which one is it? I'm stealing it from you. Okay. Um, do it. That I am so bummed is over. I, there was this moment where I was like, why do I want to clean the house so bad? Oh, because I want to listen to this fucking <laughs> podcast. Yes. It's, um, I think a lot of people listen to it, but it's called The Root of Evil or just Root of Evil. And it's the one that, the you know, the TNT thing we just did. I am the night. I am the night. So the two of the granddaughters of George Hodel. Yes. The fucking, I believe, fucking Black Dahlia murderer slash piece of fucking shit <laughs> like rapist they narrate his life and all the horrible things he did and their mother is fauna the girl who didn't know that she was it's just this insane fucking family story if you think your family story is bad listen to this <laughs> <laughs> it's worse and yeah. it's just really well done because it's all family and the girl the the women who are doing the interviews it's their family it means a lot to them they have so much heart and they care and it's it's just an incredible story of survival and, you know, these, this, this beautiful story that can come out of it, even though it's awful. Yeah. And it, you know, it gives you hope, but it's also like devastating. And right. I cried in the shower recently. Oh, kind of yeah. Pissed. I mean, that's what I feel like. That's so, that's the true crime experience. Yeah. Yeah. So root of evil. Who the hell is Hamish? Yeah. I had one other thing. I had, oh, I went and saw my friend Crystal, uh, Langham do a pole dance competition she started pole dancing like six months ago and to make herself learn it and be good at it she signed up for a competition <laughs> that was like four months away <laughs> which i think is great it's very smart yeah and but she's been stressing about it it's been it's awful and she went and got fucking first place <gasps> 
That's amazing. And she and I went on Sunday. She fucking killed it. This whole pole dancing community is a really beautiful fucking thing that I didn't really know existed. Yeah. If you are looking to dance and do stuff, go learn to pole dance. <laughs> um. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It was, congratulations, it was Crystal. Yeah. Congratulations, Crystals. It was also ex- inspiring to me. Yeah, I bet. Because yeah. it's very physical and uh, that's really cool. So I signed you up for a pole dance competition yeah, in four no, months. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, great. No. You sure? No. But but if you sign me up for something in swimming. Oh, okay. How, does, how about, what if you become a... Um, yep. Synchronized what, swimmer? Yes. Well, I already, you know, I think I've bragged about my cousins, Mary-Kate and Eileen, yeah. who were on the San Francisco Marionettes, which was a competitive synchronized swimming team. Karen. And we used to go watch them, like, sitting in the fog in, like, the mission, watching them practice with their nose clips. Yeah. And they're like, we got taught to do the thing where you you are laying on the water, then you go down and you just leave your legs up and you go down like an L shape mm-hmm. so that you're down, you're yeah. down, going down straight, you're upper body is yeah. going down straight and then you flip one leg up and then the second and you <gasps> drill down yes we got they my eileen taught us for like an entire summer what that like basically combination it's so of hard it's amazing and okay. it's the whole time underneath the water you're like doing like goldfish arms i'm gonna be on the sidelines with a mai tai going <laughs> karen you're killing it what's your activity you're doing you're, i have mai tai are you what about pole dancing no i'm not doing that <laughs> Are you kidding me? I would. I was inspired to do something, not that. There's no fucking oh, just to way. Do a thing eventually. Yeah, do a thing that you want to try and give, give yourself a challenge. And I promise to be there on the sidelines <laughs> with a mai tai, cheering you on. Well, I hope you rise to that challenge. <laughs> I mean, I hope challenge. that dream comes true for you. That's my dream. <laughs> that's that it? it. I think that's it. Gosh, guys, thanks for listening. Guys, we appreciate your ears. And your heart. And your, we do. Thank we you do. so much. Thank you. Thank you to Stephen and his birthday. Happy birthday to Stephen. Happy birthday, Stephen. Uh, this, we love you. Stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Goodbye. Goodbye. Elvis, you want a cookie? <laughs>